I'm David Baker. And I'm Amber Gustafson. And this is Just a Conversation. Well, David, we're coming on to the end of 2019, this decade, actually. Shoo. <laughs> it's been quite a roller coaster, really. Yeah, it's quite a roller coaster ride within okay. our industry. In our industry, in the, in the United States, in our political world, what we've seen this last decade, I think some of the most important things we've seen changes is... Significant uh, compression in our industry. Exactly. So people that are producing gemstones are swimming upstream to try to reach to the end-use consumer, and the people that normally would sell to the end-use consumer are swimming downstream and going closer to the source and actually buying into the source, uh, owning pieces of mines, you know, just as in your case, you know, you're friends with uh, mine owners. But what's really, how, how did this all come about? I think, in reality, 10 years ago, maybe 50% of the people had a cell phone, 60%. Yeah. And I do not think there's anybody walking around without a cell phone. Well, I don't think there's anybody driving around without looking at their cell phone. Oh, yeah, Jeez. I've got to be careful with that. But... The cell phones have become more than just phones. They're, That's right. They're, they're personal devices. That's right. They're personal... Um, Education is at your fingertips on any multitude of subjects. And, but what that also became is a mobile uh, retail device. Yes. Which has changed our world. Mm-hmm. And they say has. most of the consumers buy from not their laptop... From their phones. Really? Yes. More consumers buy from their phones than they even do from their laptops because it's easy, it's convenient, and they can follow it and track it. And there's Apple Pay. No, that's, a, that's <laughs> another thing. There's so many new ways. So in the last 10 years, with the onset of everybody having a mobile device, you know, children at you know, 7, 8, 9 have their own mobile devices, and that's, I think, what we're going to call them now, mobile devices. Um, People taking pictures of engagement rings yeah. with their mobile device. Oh, absolutely. And the biggest thing for me is I'm getting engaged. This is what my girlfriend likes. They pull up Pinterest. Everybody pulls up Pinterest. Yeah, That's where they save their... There's quite a collection of uh, images there. So. Yes. And so they have... I think it's fabulous. It actually made our business easier. It's made it very easy because I could look at it. So yeah, I could do it. This is how much you have the stones. I have the yeah. stones. Whatever we can make it happen. But what has that also has kind of beaten us as well. How's that? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's beaten us because our where someone could just had to walk into our store to have something designed. I would sit and draw it. I still sit and draw, and I take those pictures and use them as samples and then I reinterpret it to what the customer really is wanting for their personal needs. But um, they make it so easy now that this is available and like you said, the wholesalers go straight to the retailer and the retailer is buying straight from the wholesaler. Problem with that is that are they getting what they're paying for? Are they going to have service after the sale? And we're losing that part of our industry is the service that is so important. Well, we're not losing that service. The consumer is losing the service because there's no one, there's not going to be anyone left <laughs> to size their rings. It's, it's 
like many of the complicated watch movements, there are no watchmakers that can repair them. And so you send off your watch. I've heard of watches that have been away for six months to the manufacturer of the watch. And, and it's still not back to them repaired. The, the, trade is, the trade is dying. But we, as passionate people, still love our industry. Absolutely. And we're going to, the trade. So So it's made it good for you because, you know, you, you're very talented. You have bench jewelers that are sitting and can and do, and actually they're quite busy. But you don't have to sell a ring and then have someone come in and, Say, I have to send it to Chicago or New no. York to get it sized. We do it all in-house. Really but the other thing that also has changed in my industry for me as well, 10 years ago, I didn't have what's, uh, what's called CAD, Computer Assisted Design, which through uh, different design programs, you can actually take what I've drawn on pencil and paper, and I have a CAD designer that instead of hand carving in wax, the CAD designer can then interpret it and put it into a computer but it's not that easy. You can't you can't not give the design to your cat person and have them interpret it directly into the computer because something gets lost in that translation. Very much so. Yeah. You have to be a bench jeweler like myself to sit and actually uh, discuss uh, the changes. So you have different tolerances that have to be made. Thicknesses, widths, weights, lengths of prongs, thicknesses of prongs, distances and, between stones. Yeah, and that's there's only one way you learn that, and that's by sitting down and sitting doing down it. Sitting down and doing it. <laughs> sitting down and doing it. Yeah, and then you get it in a big way. But what's happened now in the future is what's happened is now we have two growers. Once it, the drawing is done on the computer in 3D, we have printers, basically okay, the so, printers. Let me see if I got this. So you sit down with the customer, you do this design, and then you have a CAD CAM person in yes. your store yes. that's on computer and then you in turn sit down with them because you understand how jewelry construction Correct. is done and they input it into the computer and then they send that information to a 3D printer. Which we have two of them in house. Okay yes. and then it produces that product in resin. And then we can see where we need to make changes. Uh-huh. Where the other way, what I did for so many years, I sat down with a lump of wax and hand carved it, mm-hmm. hand tooled it with the human imperfections that we all have. And uh, I still have, there's still some things we have to hand carve, mm-hmm. but mostly it's done by computer. That's one of the biggest changes for me in the last 10 years. And that, that even that's a rarity. Because in a market, you know, I came from Columbus, Ohio, you might find one, maybe two people in a city of over a million people that can carve a wax. Yeah. They, they, there are a lot of people can carve a wax, but they're pretty crude. Right. There's no, not a lot of Michelangelo's but a refined, out there. But a refined... Correct. A wax carver. Now, first of all, it was rare before. Yes. It's even more rare now. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that skill. But what's going to happen in the future in the industry? What do you, what, with 2020 around the corner, what do you think is going to happen to our industry? I think we're going to go back to gold, gold jewelry for one. I think we're going to turn that corner. But our industry is going to be a further compaction of the industry. I think there are going to be fewer and fewer jewelry stores. The ones that are remaining that have, you know, the, the back room that have the shop are going to be even busier. The ones that have the skill. That have the skills, and, and that's that's the problem. People are going to buy things online. They're going to be very frustrated 
it's because they're they're used to getting a certain level of customer service. No, I think in that uh, aspect. I think in 2020 uh, there's a saying only the strong survive, and I think that the jewelry industry that has turned from craftsmen. Uh, and it eventually, uh, like you mentioned in an earlier podcast, you know they were watchmakers that turned into be jewelers. So that's that's how they uh, uh, became uh, craftspeople to, to make jewelry. That um, we went then to the uh, uh, the 70s and 80s to the mall stores to the big to the big guys, the signets and the the larger um, conglomerates that really rule the industry. And they've lost touch with the humanness. And I, th I think the true jewelry craftsmen that are going to be available to the consuming public are going to become much more difficult to find because they don't want to be in a retail storefront. They'll be more likely on the second floor of an office building keeping their expenses down. And most of them will be so busy they won't advertise because they really don't want any more business because they're so busy and everyone wants to ring, oh, please, can you size it now? Can you take care of it now? And that's exactly, I think, how, how I've got been yeah. to begin with. I've always been in an office building, and it's been word of mouth. Like I always said, you don't go to your doctor because you've seen them while you're driving down the street. So I think people that really want quality work, they don't stop at a jewelry store because they were walking in a mall. If they really want quality work done, they they do research. My my growth has been word of mouth, and I think that's quality. That's like with any anybody of any profession. If you've got a good quality, you're going to uh, and a sterling reputation too. Yes, you know a solid gold reputation. Yes. I mean, even better than yes. a sterling. Well, it's it's been very very fortunate. We're not perfect, but we try our best. And that's why your you know that integrity has led to your being awarded a membership in the American Gem Society. Which I am very proud of, very proud. And I have three AGS people on my, uh, well, two other AGS people on my staff. I can hear it in your, the pride in your voice because it's quite an honor. It is. American Gem Society was was uh, a branch off of, uh, of GIA, basically, who basically set the standards for grading of stones. I think we've we've covered a lot of things, and I think our Long trend, proud. though, our trending, I think our trends for predictions for 2020 and on, I think one, like you just said about AGS, those groups are becoming smaller. The reason why? Because we're having less people that have brick and mortar stores out there, uh, less craftspeople out there. But one thing for sure is that no matter what, jewelry is timeless. And I think just like everything, it has ups and downs. And we may be in a downslide right now with some of these younger people coming up but then they're going to realize how important jewelry is because it comes from the heart and uh, whether it came from grandmother whether it came from your spouse or an old boyfriend girlfriend brother sister mother uh, it's a part of them and that's something that you no money can buy and um, we're in the we're in the business of emotions when the business of love we're in the business of um, Long term. Long term for 2020, we will see. That's for sure. I'm David Baker. And I'm Amber Gustafson. And this is just a conversation. <laughs>